Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very happy Monday version of Locked on Seminoles, your favorite daily Florida State sports talk show with your favorite Florida State talk people. It's Mailbag Monday. Drake, you pick the questions. What do we got on the uh, the list for the people today? So today we got a few things. One of them is a records question from Stoking the Flame, not Stroking the Flame, but that would be pretty, uh, pretty hilarious. We got another question with a Joshua Buchan about whether Deion Sanders, how he could be a fit here if Norvell doesn't kind of pan out. Another one from our friend over at MicroVenture Funding, whereas how is it possible for FSU to rank up to second or third in recruiting and transfers, but rank seventh in on-the-field play and production? Oh, man. Sounds like we got a great show for the people, folks. We love Mailbag Monday. Make sure if you want to be featured on the next one, you leave your questions down below. With that said, let's get to the show. Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Folks, we thank you for being here with us. We love that you're here with us. We love that you comment. We love that you subscribe. We just hit a thousand subscribers on YouTube, and I'm going to be honest, it feels great, but that's not a thousand points that we earned It's a thousand of you that took the time to hit the subscribe button because you decided you want to hear more episodes and we genuinely thank you. So if you're here for the first time and you want to hear more episodes, hit that subscribe button, like the individual video. And again, leave some comments. We do our best to respond to them uh, either in text or on our mailbag Monday episodes. And today is one such episode. Drake, I got one for you before we get into the questions, if that's all right. It's not we right, were asked man. by a you gentleman. Can't be, you can't be doing this. Can't be blindsiding <laughs> me like this live on the air. No, no. Like, I just want to see what you think. All right. it's, it's fucked up, man. So, <laughs> so I've been playing with stats a little bit here, and as y'all know, I I I I'm one to do, and um, I decided to look into a question by a gentleman whose name I frankly forgot because I I responded to his comment and then getting the filter. It's just a pain in the butt. Um, but you know who you are. And he had tried to defend Mike Norvell with the argument that, well, Mike inherited a mess compared to Baylor, Michigan State, and Ole Miss, which were the three coaches Dave and I compared him to, also second-year coaches. I was like, look, frankly, that's just not the case. I Um, saw that comment. Yeah, you saw that comment. Then what he asked was, well, have our players that were highly rated recruits not been panning out? I thought, well, that's interesting. I don't know how to measure that. So I went to the drawing board, and I have a pretty interesting stat. Last year, if you look at our stats, our total tackles, how many would you guess, what percentage of our total tackles last year do you think came from non-Mike Norvell recruited players? Probably about 70 to 80%. I asked that question poorly. It's not that high. I'm sorry, came from non-Florida State recruited players, meaning walk-ons or transfer portal. Oh. Uh, so never recruited to Florida, or never signed with Florida State. Oh, okay. Probably maybe 35? Yeah, it was 40% last year were kids that never signed a national Press letter of right. intent for Florida State University. And you know what gets even crazier when you want to talk about development of talent? If you add three stars to that, so whether they were a three-star recruit or started their collegiate career somewhere else, that represents 62.69, that's right, Nice percent of our tackles last year. 
the percent of our total yards, and guys, this is not including Jordan Travis, who was a transfer from Louisville. If you look at our the sum of our total yards last year, so this is from all of the skill positions, 60.88% of our yards came from transfers last year. You add in three-star recruits, 77% of our total yards on offense came from transfers or three-star recruits that originally signed with Florida State. That's not counting Jordan Travis. If I add Jordan Travis's name into this uh, into this data set here, because again, he himself was a transfer, even though it, we kind of forget because he wasn't a highly touted transfer, 72% of our yards were from transfers and 85% of our yards were from transfers or three-star recruits. Dude, that's pretty nuts. Like that, I, I'm not going to say that my man was right and you know, whatever, because some of it is Norvell not developing the talent over three years, but like that is an absurd hit rate on four-star recruits and, and five-star recruits. I mean, that's it, also what happens when nuts. you, when you kind of flush out the roster too with some of the kids, I mean, he, he has, I guess, you know, motion towards the transfer portal. Like I think probably should not have gone that way. I think DJ Matthews is just like a prime example of that. Someone that probably would have done been productive here as well. And we also remember too that Willie couldn't probably, I guess, flush the roster if if he could because of the APR situation. People tend to forget that once COVID took place, the NCAA basically suspended what APR meant. And whenever a kid transfers out, your APR goes down. So now Norvell actually had the opportunity to basically mold the roster with what he saw fit and actually probably, you know, actually attack the transport hard, both with, you know, kids leaving and also kids coming into, which kind of helped them out with that regard. Yeah, I, I guess that's all true. And, and for me, it's more just the point of like in the four years that I looked at, because I looked at every recruiting class 2017 to 2020 um, or 2021, I'm sorry. Like we've brought in a lot of four stars. And the fact that they've had such a little impact on our roster is the fact that that's that little of our offensive production is coming from four and five stars. Whereas if you did that for a Bama, probably 80% of their offensive production comes from four and five stars. So a little nuts, but let's get to the first question, man. Hit us with the question. So the first question of, for today is from Stoking the Flame. Would you rather go six and six, but the wins are blowouts, and the six losses are within a score and secure a top 10 recruiting class, and Neville comes back for year four, not on, not on the hot seat. So basically he has job security for probably that year and the following year. Or win five or less games, keep Norvell for year four. However, you get your top pick for head coach, not named Saban, after Cam Norvell after year four. So the question is, Norvell gets a great recruiting class, but only wins six games. So we definitely have him for next year. Or sorry, for next year and the following year. So we well, have like for- if you're not in the hot seat, you're basically going to have him for right. that year and probably the following year. For that. And even maybe even the third year. There are a lot of ways to attack this question. Uh, this is a great question. Um, because what I could say is, well, if Mike gets this great recruiting class, do I think he's going to develop them well over the next two years? I'm going to attack the premise of the question first. I don't think six and six and getting a top 10 recruiting class saves him for two years because of what I just mentioned. Like Willie got you a top 10 recruiting class his first year and that didn't save him. Recruiting classes only save you if they produce on the field, right? So, eh, I don't know. Now, the answer to this question, though, assuming that that's not the way it goes, I would rather have the top recruiting class, and here's why. I look at it from a a money perspective, and money will never be worth more than it is right now. So I'd rather get great recruits now 
and just hope that we can get like if Mike isn't the guy because let's say he wins six games and I don't think this by the way I'm just playing out this scenario you think okay let's maybe we get now golden situation where we finally have enough talent on the roster that they can go win seven or eight games without Mike and then we can also get a top 10 recruiting class and at a certain point guys you don't have to be that great of a coach to win football games with two consecutive top 10 classes like if he keeps bringing in the transfers too then I think that Mike Norvell with the top 10 class and then another top 10 class in 24 probably wins you nine or 10 games just because, again, that's like, what's his name? Billy Napier at Louisiana. You just would have better players than 90% of the teams you play at that point. I'm go- I responded to this actually when this comment first dropped. I am in favor more of the latter because I do understand where we you know if we do win those six games and we do get the top 10 recruiting class. To me, I don't see Mike Norvell as of right now as a top 10 class recruiter primarily because he does have an issue with closing. We've seen it for the past few seasons actually over here. So to me, judging by that resume, judging by the past, I don't think it, I mean, he might get another top 10 recruiting class, but this so far that's the only guarantee I have right here. And if he doesn't get those five wins, to me, that, that fourth year, you know most likely he's going to be gone. Also, Willie Taggart's buyout will be at this completion too. And also it takes it allows us for the next two seasons to basically have Alfred being like, hey, make the job a lot more attractive and also basically give – a king's ransom to whoever want to hire and me personally i if i'm all for it i want to bring some guy in that i actually hired and that's when you go out and grab you know for you a pot a pass fitzgerald because that's your boy me and dave are you know me and dave are are on the lane train so like you know patty fitz can only be patty fitz at northwestern once you take patty fitz out of northwestern he's no longer patty fitz so we know how about you know we grab dave aranda we can exactly yeah yeah I'm, i'm with you i mean to me look hey this question good question but he didn't say we couldn't get a new coach in 25 so if we're stacking top 10 classes those guys are only going to be like sophomores and juniors in 25 when a new coach comes in so um, I think it's a fair answer, though. Hey, uh, before we get to our next one real quick, uh, folks, I want to tell you about our people that make this possible at Built.com. Y'all hear me talk about Built.com. You know about Built.com. It's Built Bars. It's Built Puffs. It is everything you need to trick yourself into thinking that you're eating candy when you're really crushing some protein. 17, 17 grams of protein in their bars, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. Guys. It's an easy decision. Pre-workout, post-workout, no workout, during workout, literally any time that you want to make sure you're getting protein in your system, you should hit a built bar. So go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 to get yourself 15% off. That's built.com, promo code LOCKED15. Let me re-up on the water real quick. Hold on. All right, man, let's keep rocking and rolling. We are at Mailbag Monday here at Locked on Seminoles. Folks, we love you. Thank you for being here. Subscribe, like, all that good stuff. Drizzy, what is question number two slash three? Question number two slash three comes from Joshua Buchan. Buchan, I hope I pronounced that correctly. Do you think there's a scenario where Dion could be the next head coach at FSU? And if so, how would you feel about that? Personally, I wanted him before Taggart. Oh, God, no. No, there's not. I mean, there just there just isn't. Um, is there a scenario where you interview him? Yeah. Uh, is there a scenario where he could be the next head coach? No. But I will say, I don't know if I would say no. In fact, I know I wouldn't say no to the scenario where he could be a head coach one day. Um, I think Florida State would like like. 
I think he's got to go get power five or at least FBS experience before he coaches at Florida state. But I don't think he's a never going to happen on the list. I just don't know if he would, if Florida state would take the risk on someone, anyone, right? Not, this isn't even really Dion specific jumping from FB FCS straight to Florida state. I mean, look, we've tried two group of five guys back to back. I know Willie did one year at Oregon. I, Guys, it takes a year at a new job to figure out where the bathrooms are. Okay, like he 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 was an F, he was a, a group of five guy, so you don't try that twice and then go with someone FCS. I, I I know his name is Deion Sanders, but I don't see that. Me personally, I would like to see him like she probably be interviewed, but I don't think the powers would t- the powers that would be or powers that let be would actually probably actually have him as the head coach for a while because one, you pointed the group of five experience, and to me, I don't think that's as much of a knock actually on him primarily because you see right now with Dabo, what he was a wide receivers coach and then got promoted, you know, like quickly to become that. If you surround Dion with, you know, top caliber, probably assistants, which knowing Dion, he's very well connected. He could definitely do that. You can, that can probably work out with your wealth. But I think it's more that I think the Travis Hunter situation left a really, really bad taste in a lot of people's mouths that you probably make those main decisions. And, you know, going out, Basically, all the media that's been after, afterwards, like, has been responding, like, basically, like, saying, like, I know you're my old school, but, you know, you're only mad because I just took a player coming out. It doesn't matter if my name was Dion. Well, that probably rubbed a lot of people the damn wrong way. And I think there's a multitude of reasons also you probably would never see him be the head coach here. If, if you wanted to do, Drake, what um what Florida's doing, like, if you tried a, if we'd tried a Mullen and then you wanted to try a Dion, it's like, okay, they could both fail, but it would be for different reasons. But you can't fail for the same reason three times in a row. Like, anyway. We beat that to death. We can we can go to the next question. All right. The next question comes from Micro Venture Funding, friend of the show. Uh, what's up, my guy? How is my it dude. possible for FSU to rank second and third in recruiting and transfers, but rank seventh in on the field production? Sorry, second and third in AC recruiting. He corrected himself in the comment below. So I saw when he said that um, about uh, about seventh in the eight. He said rankings came out. Did he clarify what he was talking about? Was he talking about? Um, He's talking about ACC recruiting. No, no, but 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 what do we rank seventh in? Is it? Um, it says it says seventh and on the field play. So basically, just overall, like I guess, just offensive and defensive production as a team. So seventh and seventh in the ACC, as we, I think, is how I'm interpreting the question. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's just it's a it's a litany of reasons. I mean, I, I don't really know how how you cut it. I mean, I can cut this pretty much with my new fun tool I invented or invented pulled together I mean I I can cut it just about any way I want right and it's like what do you what do you what in right so it's like we're near the bottom of the ACC in several things right offensive success rate we're ahead of Syracuse and Clemson last year and that was it um when you look at offensive power rate right or power success meaning when we have to push people out of the way on the line how were we well um we were only ahead of Miami and Boston College right when you look at offensive points per play, right? So points added per play. This is an advanced metric um, that basically says, did the play advance, you know, add points to your, your score or not? Um, we actually aren't that bad. We're sitting at eighth. Um, now, why are we seventh or eighth, which was his question? We haven't been getting talent in the right places. Uh, this was the first year. I mean, Drake, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was the first year in a while that we actually brought in a big cadre of offensive linemen. And... Uh, tax Stars. first year. Tax first year. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they pretty much all flopped. Hey, so. hey, hey, at the time, you we needed offensive line. No, no, no I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, okay. I, I'm just saying, like, yeah. w- 
we bringing in like recruiting class rankings are agnostic to positions of need. They just look at how good was your recruiting class. So like last year, if we brought in Travis Hunter, for example, it was going to spike the recruiting class ranking, but it doesn't, it wouldn't have met. Like it doesn't look at, but how bad does FSU need Travis Hunter? So I would say the larger answer to the question is that there's a pretty weak correlation between recruiting class per recruiting class rankings within your conference and on the field production when you look at a small sample size now if you look at it over like five six seven years of consistent recruiting there's a direct correlation between wins but a we haven't been doing it long enough because we had a couple down years and b we really missed on some positions of need namely offensive line for two years quarterback for two years and this past year we didn't get any linebackers that we needed nor did we get any receivers. So, yeah. So, basically, it goes down to, I think, just back coaching, which I think in a lot of the games last year you can say with some of the decision-making that we both agree kind of was odd in some games. The recruiting has been lackluster for the past few coaching staffs. I mean, like you said, we gave Tiger a lot of hell for basically not getting, getting a QB recruit, and now most of the QB recruits that Norfolk has gotten are gone or they haven't even when they saw the field. They particularly aren't good. And ironically, his starting QB is a Tiger recruit. And also you see with Ron Dugans, who didn't get one wide receiver, which is the same thing that happened with him in his first year under Tiger when he was here recruiting. And then you'll see the issues with the offensive line where you get a lot of players in. You won't know how good those kids are until maybe a few years down the road. So right now it's the recruiting for the past few seasons. I know it's been higher ranked, but people also forget that a lot of those rankings were during COVID. So they probably weren't as... I guess act on what as accurate as we're used to doing, but also recruiting is actually also extremely difficult when it comes to ranking. So it's like to me, it goes down to roster management, roster construction. And then when it comes to like if you want like for you can point to several in certain games where the decision making overall was just not that great. And the limitations for this team are are a lot more abundant and starting to get more a little more clear. Yeah, I mean I mean look, do we wanna do we wanna count um twenty twenty as a Mike Norbell class? Are we gonna count that as a Mike I mean it was a transition class, but um, I mean, you kind of have to because he picked the kids who wanted to keep or not, and like he told the kids that he didn't want to keep in the classes to to go somewhere else. Yeah. So so let's let's look at this. So I'm going to take out 2022 because we don't know what these kids are going to do yet, and I'm going to look at his best recruits. Right, have been Demory Tate hasn't seen the field, Destin Hill. God only knows where Destin Hill is. Uh, you're never going to see Destin Hill play in a Florida State uniform, by the way. Uh. Brian Robinson, okay. Chubba Purdy, gone. Jadarius Green McKnight, gone. Lawrence Toafili, working working on it. Steven Dix, we're hoping he comes alive along with Lawrence this year. Um, Hunter Washington, uh, Transfer transferring out. right, yeah. Um, Malik McLean, we'll see this year. Sean Bray Jackson, have I gotten to 10 yet? I was trying to do his top 10. Um, yeah, that's 10. His it, Okay, so his top 10, right? Sean Bray Jackson. So you literally have one, two, three of his top 10 have seen any kind of meaningful snaps. And that answers the question for you right there, right? If you want to go out to the top 15, it just keeps getting worse. It's like you have Amari and Cooper, who's great, but then you have, sorry, no, you have two. Okay, Amari and Cooper, Jakai Douglas, but then you have in 13, 14, and 15 of Mike Norvell's best recruits are Rodor, Patrick Payton, and Emmanuel Rogers, like, to be honest, I don't even know who Emmanuel Rogers is. He never, and, came, he never qualified. Bro, I, I can yeah, he's a JUCO. So, 
I mean, that's a pretty horrible conversion rate. So like, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the answer to your question. The conversion rate, the hit rate, I would say has been absolutely atrocious. And I think that's a few things. Like you said, Drake, 2020 transitional class, like you don't, here's the thing in a, in a traditional, in a transitional class, you don't have a lot of options. Your best option is to keep kids that were already committed to the old staff. However, like that's, that's hard to do, right? Your second best option is to bring kids with you from your current school, which if you're at do. Memphis which coming to Florida do. state. Well, and optically he shouldn't have, even if some of those kids were good, like it just wasn't two of them no got one, drafted this past weekend. Sure. Later, but I'm saying optically it's, it was probably for the best. Just think about what Dave would say if he was bringing Memphis recruits with him. Like Dave is the perspective you got to channel on that one. Do you? Okay, I know, but like, do 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 we give Dave that much? You know, power with his opinion? Are you are you sure you want to go down that road? You give the boosters power, and and if you don't know the kid's gonna pan out, it just it's just it, it, I'm not saying you shouldn't have brought any, but it's it's fine that he didn't. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to get kids that are highly rated that look good on paper that you're told by people who are in the know either have off the field issues or in the case of uh, the guy's name I just read that you said aren't like are really struggling academically and are probably gonna have to take summer school classes and stuff like that or have so, or like Destin Hill have some other reason why other schools aren't taking them so transition class is what it is and then you got the 2021 class and dude that class it's not just a Florida State problem it is widespread across the country that you have a class of kids who you didn't get to see play in person for an entire year of high school at least and they're just not who a lot of people thought they would be. And that's that's just the reality of it. I mean, that there's nothing he can do about that one. But yeah. I mean, but he still like makes the final call, but there's still, like there's certain there's players out there too that we kind of he didn't want to pursue and that he can basically he's like to me, I think Mike a lot of the time is very takes the prospector Mike persona way too far. Meaning that he thinks the diamond hunting is very, very fun. My guy, this is not there will be blood. You don't need to like literally go search every single vein for the small little like, you know, reward that you get at the end. There are some players that wanted to be here that basically for scheme fit or other personal wise, you don't have. And also there are players that want to consider us here. But then this goes back to where me and you clashed a little bit where that he didn't have a staff that had basically strong Florida ties at all period. So that kind of also handed him to as well, because right now the only recruiting when do we, when do we staff clash we on that. I, I agree. needs a staff. I mean, sorry, I, I know you're really putting on your fuck Mike Norvell hat. Like it's really getting strong. Like you literally can't say a good word about the guy these days. Are you I just like preparing it. yourself to not get hurt? We here are the only show that actually does criticize him sure. at all period. And that's more my thing with that. And Mike does do good things. I think he's done really good organizationally wise across the board. He's also basically been able to make it a lot more excited to watch the full program. Also his running backs are always really damn good. And I saw Memphis, an offense that was all hitting on all damn cylinders. It was really exciting to watch. Am I preparing myself not to get hurt? No. It's just more the fact that, like, when you see certain things, like, I can't, like, what's the one for? I can't get away from just some of the shit that's going down that, just no, that no one's, like, talking about whatsoever. So, to me, it's like, I feel like I'm the only one saying this stuff. Or you, on YouTube, and also you, too, because, like, you're, I'm not saying you're not super negative. I'm just saying, like, we are the only ones out there that are, I see fluffies out there all the damn time. I was doing so great. Yeah. Yeah. Like to me, it's, it's exhausting, man. <laughs> yeah, no, Mike's not doing well. 
that. Um, but I don't lay the blame for everything SP. Like I think it's a not, lot I mean, of yeah, it's not everything. Coaches, it's admin too. There's all issues with um, admin too. But before offered, you know, got into the power too. There, so, like it's a lot of stuff. It's the, the entire. This is this the is school, nuts, though, The I program mean, does not look good as a unit, and I think just he's the easiest one because he's the head. He's the head football coach. He's the head uh, guy. Yeah, so I'm not saying any of that's his fault. What, yeah. Sorry, let me just clarify. The question was, how are we top in the ACC in recruiting top three, but we're top seventh in, or seventh in production? It's because literally of his 18 top recruits since he got here, none of them have done anything meaningful other than Ja'Kai Douglas winning you the Miami game. Like, that. It, it that's just, whether it's his fault, whether it's position coaches, whether it's pure dumb luck, and it's a factor of all of it, and misevaluation due to COVID and transition class, the reality is, like, that's that's just an an obnoxiously low hit rate, um, and that to answer to bring this all in for a landing, microventure funding is why Mike Norvell um, is up there in ACC recruiting, and we're not up there in production. Well, let's get to our last question or two here. And before I do that, folks, um, BetOnline.net is one of our proud sponsors. They have been since we started with the network last April. BetOnline.net, they've got all the lines, all the odds, all the props. I don't know if y'all made money on uh, on the NFL draft. Drake, did you end up uh, – did you have Jermaine Johnson top 10? Did you end no, up I had him over I had him over nine and a half. Oh, good. Okay, so that cashed for you. Yeah, yeah I, had a, I had a feeling that when you hear someone's name a lot, a little bit too much, that means that someone's like basically trying to tank their value, which happened, and then you got drafted 26. But, hey, you went to a good spot on the Jets. I think Robert Sala is really good with defensive ends. And he, yeah, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel bad for a guy getting first round money. So good for him, man. Proud of him. But betonline.net has everything y'all need. Betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, man. We're getting towards the end of Mailbag Monday, folks. Thanks for rocking and rolling with us on a Monday. We appreciate you and we know you appreciate it. But make sure that you show us by hitting that subscribe button. Drizzy, what's the last question? So this isn't really a um a question that's more kind of a theme that I kind of want to get your opinion on. And from Irv Wallace, he says, honestly, I think Norvell is putting too much stake in Jordan Travis. I really hope this is the last year we have him and Norvell gets his guy. So I kind of do want to ask you, because we can't have Jordan Travis forever. I mean, I think he's entering his fifth season. His fourth season actually here. Forest. So then my question overall is that, do you see a scenario or what scenario actually would play out that Jordan Travis is undisputably your starting quarterback for next season? Or do you think that he goes a different route and basically probably tries his hand actually at the NFL draft? No, Jordan Travis. No, Jordan Travis is not going to the NFL draft. Um, I don't think. I mean, crazier things have happened. But uh, this year, I think, proved for the first time, and I was admittedly wrong about this, that the NFL is getting away from the idea where if you're a if you're one of the better quarterbacks in your class, you're guaranteed first round money. I think that there is such a plethora of quarterbacks now available in the second, third and like practice team levels that they're starting to see, Hey, maybe we don't need to give guys like Brock Osweiler, $85 million contracts. And because of that, there's a trickle down of, Hey, just because a guy's the second best quarterback in this class, like a Desmond Ritter, we don't need to draft him at fifth. We can wait until the third round and grab him, and maybe you know we'll get some value out of him in Atlanta. That's a long-winded way of saying I don't I don't see a scenario where Jordan Travis goes into the draft because his passing won't get better enough, in my opinion, to make him a no-brainer draft pick. So then it's like, why wouldn't you stay in college? So then, out? what would happen first? So then you think actually because I'm of the camp that I'm I wouldn't be surprised if he maybe is asked to like test the wires a little bit do you do you see most i guess from what you just said 
you think that he potentially could be because he did receive his degree this past weekend. Shout out to him. Congratulations, my guy. Do you think that but, you'll definitely but, see him? Like, do you, like do you think that's more likely to him to test the transfer market because he will be at grad transfer, or do you think he'll try to you know actually do test the NFL wars with that? It just depends. I mean, look, it, here here's the thing, and I don't know if I'm alone on this or if, if the listeners would agree with me. I really don't care who our quarterback is ever. I care that our quarterback wins us football games. Jordan Travis was used on 44% of your offensive plays last year. He was used on uh, 62% of your run of your pass plays and 28% of your run plays last year. So that shows, or uh, sorry, that's how his breakdown was. 62% of the time he threw, 28% of the time he ran, I guess. Um, and again, he was only used on 44% of your plays. So we extrapolate all that out. You got, and you had the improvement, complete 67 or so percent of his passes throws for 27, 2,800 yards, runs for close to eight, 900, um, then you're like, oh, okay, he's a super productive QB, and if he wins eight or nine games, then yeah, I'd love to have him back. If he doesn't do any of that, and he throws for 1,200, he misses four games, he runs for another five or 600, and it's great, but we only win six or seven games. Well, then I want to court. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really care. So about say, like, about, so, about, so, about, like, so, you know, no, I get that. So, so basically if you see, if he does the same thing this year, right. From, from this, his previous year, if he keeps exactly the same, basically, because like, yeah. this will be the first year that he deserve really. So he should be QB one heading into the season. I think he's earned that right. He improved enough from last season. If he keeps the same statistics across the board, then you basically think there should be a change in the quarterback position, if that's the case. I mean, I'm going to give you what's going to sound like a bit of a condescending answer, and it's not meant to be that way, but I don't know how else to answer the question. Well, I think it's a fair... Let me brace myself a Well, I think it's a fair no. question. I think it's a, it's a question that's already been asked all around the fan base. Jordan Travis can should be the starting quarterback in 2024, or 2023, if he wins the starting quarterback job in 2023. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I do think next year it's going to be an open battle, right? You're going to have A.J. Duffy going into his sophomore year, and you're going to have a guy in Chris Parsons, probably an early enrollee, who's going to want to play early on. And I think that you're going to explore the transfer market. You'd be crazy not to because you at least need a backup at worst, and why not see if you can get a great starter? So I think it's going to – I don't think short of winning 10 games this year and having just an amazing jump in stats, there's anything he can do to guarantee himself the starting spot. But if he wins it, he wins it, and I'll be agnostic to whose name is on the jersey as long as I feel like our starting quarterback in 2023 is positioning us to win the most games. And I think that goes back to like the crux of like the, I guess not the question, but the statement where, where Irv Wallace was saying, I think Norvell's putting too much stake in Jordan Travis, which is kind of funny because I think both you and I have agreed that Mike Norvell hasn't particularly, I guess, treated Jordan Travis the best way possible with basically showing more deference to a James Blackman the first time. And then Mackenzie Moon last year, even though we saw after the Notre Dame game where and he tried to man up birdie. I mean, and he's he tried. He's tried. Like that would be my response to is it is it is it Irv or Hervé? Is it H E V H E R V E? No, it's I R V like Irv. Oh, Irv. Okay. The homie French with him, but no Irv. Like, I, I, what do you mean he's putting too much stake in Jordan Travis? Right? Like, what other options does he have at this point? I, I assume you're talking about him not getting a transfer. And which the he does, secrets he, he, which out he, like which he, he does, tried. He, which he does say down here, like you're, yeah, Norvell needed to get a QB to push Jordan Travis. At this point, it's about wins, not about making sure you don't hurt your guys' feelings. Which I get what he's saying, but also in today's world with transport being a lot more profitable than it is, you do have to take into account how bringing someone in is going to affect your entire QB room and also the rest of your team. So can I say something, and you can tell me if you knew this or if you didn't. I'll, I won't. I won't speak for you. I didn't know Jordan Travis was graduating, and to be honest, that throws a totally different wrinkle in the transfer conversation because that meant to me, you know, he's graduating, which means 
it's not because guys i know there's the one-time transfer rule but transferring as a junior in college is pretty damn difficult if you're trying to get a degree half of your shit won't transfer you're, you're gonna set yourself back at least a year so knowing he's graduating to me yeah now you had to find someone that if jordan said oh fine you want to bring someone in i'm out had to be better than jordan travis otherwise you're shooting you're cutting off your nose to spite your face like that wouldn't have made any sense but then the ask, Drake, the ask me, like, I'm sorry, Irv, I'm not trying to pick on you. It's just we hear this all the time. Who out there is just waiting to transfer to go be a backup to push Jordan Travis? It, See, I trust think me, that's, if there was someone out there, they would have gotten though. him. I think that's his point, though. I think you don't ask someone to come in to be a backup. You ask someone to push Jordan, which goes back to what you're saying, where if the kid's graduating, it's very easy to become a grad transfer. And that basically you just run away off, like off into the sunset, which but is also point, difficult, too. If they could be a starter, I don't think. Let me let me let me let me just top line this. I don't think Mike Norvell cares if Jordan Travis is a starter. I really don't. I don't think they were going up to people and saying, "Hey, do you want to come be Jordan's backup?" I think that the kids they were going after said, "Wait a minute, don't you have an entrenched QB one?" Like kids have eyes and ears. They can go on message boards. They can Google shit. They go on Twitter. Like. You're going to look at that and go, am I better than this kid substantially enough where if I go for, remember, they only have 15 spring practices, where if I go for 15 spring and prove myself better than him enough to become the starter, yes or no? And if the answer is not an absolute definite yes, most good players are not going to want to transfer there when there's a hundred other FBS programs, give or take, I'd say about 29 or 30 have entrenched starters. So there's a hundred other programs where you can go be a guaranteed day one starter. It's just it's not worth the risk to the kid. So again, I, I don't think Mike Norvell didn't try to get a transfer. I don't think he told them they were going to be a backup. I just think it's kind of the way the cookie crumbled. See, I, th I see because I heard there are a few kids out there that, in my personal opinion, actually probably would be better than Jordan. That basically were said, no, we're actually we're good with our option. Like to me, that's what I was like. It's more my kind of like, you because we need an extra option out there. We no, basically they told have Mac jo Max Johnson. They told him he could he could start right away if he wanted to, and I I, I, knew, I had that on good yeah. authority. I mean, you know that? Yeah. I mean, Max Johnson. I mean, and he said, I'd rather go guarantee myself a starting spot because I don't know for sure if I'm going to win that QB battle and it's not worth the fight. And also that, I mean, like if you're between, picking between Mike Norvell, Florida State and also Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. Yeah. I mean, honestly, which way? I was trying to stay away from that argument. So I didn't give you more to oh, I know. more, more, more punching ammo. But no, it's no, it, I know. But, but, the, but the, the fact of the matter is more just like it's I think we're just more worried that we've seen Jordan over the course of his time here never go fully healthy through an entire season. I think it's just more that the fan base is worried that if that happens again, and unfortunately the odds are in the favor of that actually happening, is that we're going to have to rely on the rebirth, the resurgence of Tate Rodemaker, this, the king of the spring, which a lot of us don't want to be doing that. And like Dave said, we don't want to be rushing us, rushing Ada Duffy out there, which in my personal opinion, I don't know if it's rushing him out there, but we'll, you know, we'll see. But to me overall, it's just more that Geno English is your fourth quarterback. My man's got great TikToks, but other than that, I mean, I'm not going to be shouting his name from the rooftops. Gino Babino. Yeah, I, I again, I I agree with you on all points. I just I I don't think Mike Norvell disagrees with us. I think that if if you got Mike Norvell in a room, maybe you had a glass or two of bourbon together, and you were having like an off the record conversation, I I don't know if he would be like, yeah, no, we just didn't want to get another quarterback. Um, I think it was a tough situation. I think the transfer market for QBs, by the way, was not very good. Right, you had. Um, what's his name from USC that, that ended up at Pitt? 
You had um, two of them. Remember, Jackson Dart went to Ole Miss, which we would never have competed for. Yeah, I, that's like, right. we're not we're not even going to start with that. That kid was and, just. And then yeah. you had, and then you had Caleb Caleb what's his name Williams, Williams who who wasn't going to come to you to begin with. And then you tried your absolute best with Max Johnson. Like that was your best shot at getting a good transfer QB. And I, by the way, don't know if he's better than Jordan Travis in this offense. And you didn't get him. So, um, which by the way, there was a certain site that also wrote about it being close to a guarantee, um, and it wasn't. Now that I'm thinking about it, but hey, that's not here nor there. Look, I think it's a fair question, Drake. I just, I, I think to the premise of like, is he re- over relying on Jordan Travis? I mean, I don't like what other choice does he have at this point? Um, and for next year, dude, I just want the best quarterback to start. I really could care less what his dude, name I just is. want to win games, man. I think that's what the, what this, with, I think that's what these past this entire conversation for today has boiled down to. Like, it's really funny that now all my sports teams in South Florida actually are performing well. Like my, the Mons have won their the most games since 2016 that's what, that's in April. Hate, that's why they hate's flowed. You don't have oh, that, because they you know that that, that is exactly where the hate comes from. I used to be like, damn, the Marlins suck, the Panthers are terrible, LeBron left the Heat, and now I was able to go, you know, to the Seminoles and be like, hey, damn, we're really good. Oh, one well, championship ball is here, and now that the rest of my teams are actually performing well, I'm like, damn. I need to just have my direct, my directed anger towards something else, and it's really easy when your college kind of sucks and you spend and you you're a booster, so it's really easy well. That's that. the other thing is like you you you've gotten so used to sports being a source of anger, you don't know how to be happy, so you need the anger to go somewhere because you're like, I want to be with the Marlins. Talking about, man, I talk, what are you talking about man, I enjoyed a great game with my diet yesterday. I'm going to the Panthers game, the playoff game on Thursday. Right, Ooh. so that anger has to go. So that's my point. I, hey, I'm the oh. same way, man. Like I, <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I I I don't know. Like 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 a Florida State gets really good again. I don't know what to do. I've gotten so used to just spending the fall so angry. Uh, I should use my anger for the gym, but you know that's not fucking happening. <laughs> I'll become a Falcons <laughs> fan, I guess. Anyway, folks, we'll we'll talk more offline about what to do with our our misdirected anger. But thanks for the questions. We really appreciate y'all coming through on a great mailbag Monday, and we can't wait for y'all to come through tomorrow for uh, TikTok. No, I'm just kidding. We're not doing TikToks, but we'll see you tomorrow on Tuesday. I'm your host Max. That was your co-host Drake, and this was Locked On Seminoles. Take care, everybody. 